0: Hello and welcome to YHTV's Trinity of Life. This is episode 76. I'm Christina Susama, your host for this program. Thank you so much for joining me as I continue to explore the wonderful world of healing arts, meditation, therapies, and the many modalities of helping each of us find balance in our individual journeys. We're always excited to meet those who are on the leading edge of creating change on this planet. Today we shall be speaking to a gentleman who has also graced Magical Medical Tour, and that was episode 35, and that was almost exactly a year ago. He is such an inspiration to so many, as he has risen above and beyond all expectations during his battles with imbalance. Now, at any time during this live presentation, you can feel free to ask a question or make a comment simply by scrolling down on your screen and typing it into the comment box. Or if you prefer to dial in to our conference line, we welcome you to dial in to 323-476-3997 and the ID is 607-393-POUND that went by a little too fast, not to worry, it will come up on the screen during this presentation. And now, we are honored to have with us today our very, very special guest, Lon Winston. Hello, Lon.
1: Hello, Christina.
0: <laughs> it's so great to have you on my show.
1: <laughs> I loved it. I jumped at the opportunity when you offered.
0: You jumped and I bounced.
1: <laughs> That's true.
0: That's true. Thank you so much, Lon, for being here with us today. And you know, since um your interview and time with us on Magical Medical Tour, I, I really felt it was important for you to be on Trinity of Life, because on Magical Medical Tour, you know, we covered a lot of the the medical side um, of your choices and what you went through. I mean, no doubt we'll end up covering some of that here, but but of course, I mean, that's part of your journey, and your story, right? um, But I think the the... The, the point that that really really captured us was how your your drive, your focus, your determination that has brought you to where you are today. I mean, the more you you shared your story with us on Magical Medical Tour, the more I was like, "ho, oh. <laughs> more people have to hear this, more people have to see this and become inspired by you and what your choices in your life. And uh, that's one thing that I really hope that we can do here is to give people that peace, that one piece that might be missing from their journeys at this moment to continue to strive forward during this imbalance. So, Lon. Can you share with us um, a little bit about your journey and uh, how you came to be this artistic director of the Thunder, uh, the Thunder River Theater Company over there in Colorado?
1: Well, <clears throat> I spent um, many years as a professor of theater and directed and acted professionally. And after I uh, left the university and retired, I missed the work. I missed mm. teaching. I missed sharing the, the art form. And so I knew the only way to really get back to that was to have my own theater company. And so I started Thunder River Theater Company. We'll be We're in our 19th season wow
0: congratulations
1: thank you and we will be celebrating our 20th next year i've got great plans for that it's going to be a huge year but it really is about following your bliss isn't it i mean it's not i never think of retiring really Mm -hmm. to me it's just you move on from one phase to another Nothing would excite me more than to be on stage at 85 years old playing King Lear. Uh,
0: (laughs) If you haven't done it already.
1: (laughs) We wrote an original play uh, two years ago. uh, My uh, theater, uh, my associate artistic director at the theater, she and I wrote a play called Tempest of the Mind, which is about the Shakespeare conspiracy who wrote the plays. And we didn't really take sides, but I got to play Lear and Shylock in the same play. So that was,
0: <laughs> really that was the ultimate.
1: <laughs> it was a wonderful experience. It was a very interesting play. And um, it's just, you know, part of that same, same process for me is just doing it, doing mm-hmm. it 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 just feeds my soul it feeds my spirit it feeds my healing um it really does you feel like you have so much more to do and therefore you can't let anything sneak up on you and pull you out of that or pull you off of that path
0: Mm, mm. and now uh during this this uh, journey of being an artist, I, I know what it takes to be an artistic director. <laughs> I've been in that world, uh, you know, quite immersed in it. Um, that's a lot of, can be quite stressful.
1: Yeah, but you learn how to, I mean, there's stress in most people's lives, isn't it? And that's what your show and you are all about, is finding the balance and, how to um develop a lifestyle and the people in your life and and keeping that balance yeah there's stressful moments i actually like the like theater one of the things i love about it is that it it has an opening night it's coming mm-hmm. uh, whether you're ready or not <laughs> and so you know, it keeps you it keeps you driven. It keeps you on the path, and and then all these other elements of your life, be it meditation or yoga, um, the physical life that I live out here in the Colorado mountains that I love so much, um, ride my bike, go skiing, hiking. It's an everyday practice that uh, touches you uh, with nature. And it keeps a perspective of the world that we live in, um, drives me.
0: Mm, mm, That's wonderful. So Lon, through your life and all the way up till now, you've had quite a, uh, interesting journey, (laughs) so to say, that (laughs) I would, I would (laughs) very interesting, uh, (laughs) I would love for you to share with our audience, um, uh, when was it that you first learned that you had your first out of cancer?
1: Well, I, uh, growing up in Miami and working on Miami Beach for years, when we thought it was cool to rub, you know, olive oil or baby oil all over <laughs> you and get as tan as you could possibly get. <clears throat> My first uh experience with cancers were skin cancers, basal cell carcinomas and squamous and uh even the hint of uh a melanoma that was removed. But the the biggie was in nineteen ninety eight when I was diagnosed with a very rare uh, leukemia called hairy cell leukemia. And um It was scary. I was in uh, reverse isolation uh, at the hospital for two weeks before I found out what I had. I had no white blood cells. Um, I literally was on my way out. And they sent the pathology to the Mayo Clinic, and it came back hairy cell leukemia. Now, the good thing about hairy cell leukemia is that it was treatable. Hmm. And uh, the bad thing is that it was leukemia and you had to be treated. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, it, um, it's nice to hear, you know, there's good news and bad news when the doctor sits down to talk to you. Um, I would imagine it's uh, pretty scary to hear I have bad news for you, you know, and that's it. And it's time to go home and, and get your life in order. Uh, fortunately for me that didn't happen um but i did go through the a treatment and i was in remission of that uh, leukemia for 8 years and it came out and they treated me with the same drug different protocol after 8 years
0: oh so so this so your first <clears throat> About with any kind of cancer was the skin cancer, and that yes. was that that was where you would go in and you would have it treated topically yeah. or removed, etc. Right. So that For, that
1: was in it or the little melon ball scooper, you know. And <laughs> 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 well, you that know. was
0: quite an image that I got because <laughs> yeah. I do use melon ball scoopers now. Every time I pick that thing up, I'm going to have
1: a whole new. Th- <laughs> That's right. Well, imagine that same melon ball scooper, but just smaller little melon ball portions to it.
0: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I'll think about that. Like those little bobas that float around people's drinks. (laughs) Oh, but now with the, in 1998 with, um, hairy cell leukemia, it, you were able to get into remission, but it came back. It relapsed.
1: Yes. The um, the uh, protocol when I was first diagnosed was uh, a chemotherapy called 2CDA, uh, relatively benign, but it does the trick on hairy cells, in your, which are sort of mutant white blood cells that leave no room for healthy white blood cells. And the protocol was 24-7 total uh, infusion. Just, it was really, um, yeah, it was pretty weird. You were wired up and bags IV'd into you seven days, 24 hours a day. And then they sent me home. And while I was home, of course, I had no immune system, and I live on the top of a mountain, and uh, nature has good, bad, and ugly, and one of the ugly things is cryptococcal. Um, and I contracted a cryptococcal meningitis with no immune system and had 106.2 fever and was flown um, out of the valley near Aspen uh, to Denver, where I was treated uh, for cryptococcal meningitis. And knock on wood, I um, survived that, which was actually far more dangerous than the hairy cell leukemia that I had <laughs> just been treated for. and. Not very many people come back from cryptococcal meningitis, especially when there's no immune system to protect you in any way. And I, they wiped it out of me with a cocktail of two drugs and uh, amphotericin, which they nickname ampho the terrible, and flucytosine, Those two medications um, wiped it out of me. And so I went into remission on the leukemia and for eight years, and then I came out of remission um, and they treated me again. And this time the protocol was different. It was once a week uh, treatment for a couple of hours uh, for six weeks. And I went into remission and it only lasted two years.
0: So, so what, during this time, like when mm-hmm. you first heard about the leukemia, it mm-hmm. sounds like they caught it much later. Uh, like, like when you were, as you said, on your way out, <laughs> to say the least.
1: Yeah, Yeah. actually, we were on a hike from Aspen up over uh, Maroon Bells uh, to Crested Butte. And everybody was at the pass uh, way before me. I was in pain. My legs were throbbing. I couldn't breathe. And I'm in really good shape. I mean, I hike a lot and work out a lot. And I got up there. They were almost all done with lunch. And um, Deborah, my wife, was there with them and girlfriends and, and hikers with us. And I walked over to her and I said, I'm in trouble. And we uh, hiked down to Crested Butte and the lower we got, the better I started to feel. So I kind of put it off as a altitude thing and that "Mm, maybe something's going on and I'll check it when I get back. And when I got back. Uh, For the next few days, I was a slug. I could hardly take two steps. And so I called my doctor and he said, do you have a fever? And I said, I don't think I have a fever. And he said, well, why don't you go take your temperature? And I did. And it was 102. And he said, come in in the morning for a blood test. And I went in and they did a CBC, um, a general blood test for my counts. And called me on the phone and said, "I've just uh, booked you in to see an internist in Glenwood Springs at Valley View Hospital, and you're booked into the hospital. You have no white blood cells, and to be perfectly honest with you, Lon, this is a little out of my uh, range of mm-hmm. care. <laughs> and um, and then the rest was history on on that.
0: Can you share? I mean you don't have to but can you share with our listeners um what was your initial reaction
1: my initial reaction um was to talk to glenn are you online glenn <laughs>
0: <laughs> thank god your best friend is a doctor
1: <laughs> yeah, i called glenn and you know glenn in his uh love and pragmatic uh <laughs> said to me well you know um I think there's a 25% chance that you're going to go home and put your life in order. And there's a 50% chance that you're going to need to change your life and you're going to be treated and it may be a lifetime thing. We don't know yet. And there's a 25% chance that it's some bad little bug or a virus that's hit you and it's going to be a hit and run mission and you're going to be okay. Well, I interpreted that as a 75% chance. That's just the nature of my positive way of looking at life, that there was a 75% chance that I could deal with this. And so I locked on to the 75% chance. Mm -hmm. And I am a very positive person, and I was 52 at the time and i said you know i'm uh i'm not ready it this is not my time so this is clearly a 75% thing and that's where i went and that's where i stayed
0: and this is before you actually knew the actual diagnosis
1: correct wow wow that is correct.
0: very positive thing <laughs> a-
1: well and they you know they Um, They checked me for everything, needless to say, Um, everything from, uh, well, they have to hospitals now, HIV, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, what what other, you know, every conceivable test that they could do because the pathology uh, department didn't get a hold of it until they sent it to the Mayo Clinic. And everything came back negative until um, we got the test from, which made me happy, needless to say. I didn't need to be dealing with uh, HIV, but I had blood transfusions. I mean, you never know. Mm -hmm. So it all turned out great from that point of view, and then I found out about the hairy cell and um the doctor who came up from Denver, who uh is the uh, hematologist, oncologist at UC Medical Center, um and the Annenberg Center in um Denver, came up and Kathy Hassel, she's a wonderful doctor, named by all her colleagues as the oncology uh hematologist meister uh in in Denver. And long, blonde hair, mountain climber, um, just a hot shot hematologist. And she came into my room with a pair of jeans on and a shirt and a carabiner on her belt with keys hanging. And she said, I thought I had, you know, I didn't know. Wow, who's this angel? (laughs) 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 Your wings, darling. (laughs) (laughs) she said that she's the one who said to me, I've got good news and bad news. And so um, that journey started right there for, okay, where do we go from here now that we know?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, at least uh, she knew how to brighten your day up as she was giving you the news.
1: <laughs> she did. Yeah.
0: Mountain Boots carabiner.
1: <laughs> she did. She did. Um and it was, it, you know, it was really amazing, actually. And and it was easy for me to grab a hold. When somebody says I've got good news and bad news, well, that's fine. If there's good news, then that's what we're going to focus on.
0: Hmm. Um. Okay, so then you went through the relapse well of course I went the meningitis three... that's amazing that without an immune system you live through that people with no, an immune I... system don't live through that
1: i went through i went to my uh, physical last year to my internist and you know he said to me you know i've never um sat across from somebody who didn't have an immune system and had cryptococcal meningitis and talked to them years later about the experience um there was no experience. We lost them. You know, so the fact that you're here telling me about it is pretty incredible. Mm. So, yeah, I you know that I, sur- I got through all that. And then after now, 10 years later, I'm um, out of remission for the, you know, the second time. And my brother, uh, Gary, who um, you also had on Magical Medical tour, um, as a toxicology biochemist expert, he got me into a clinical trial at NIH, the National Institutes of Health, with Dr. Kreitman, who is the hairy cell guru in the country. And I got into this clinical trial and they put me on uh, new drugs. And that seemed to, it's gone. I mean, for several years, uh, maybe four, it was not in my blood at all, not in my marrow. It is in my marrow now. And it's been in my marrow for a couple of years. And It's not in the peripheral blood though, in the flow cytometry and all the tests. It's not in my blood system, but it is in the marrow. They have patients who have been on this drug who um, have, uh, it's been in the marrow for over 10 years and not come into the blood. So it could be in the marrow At my age, I'll play Lear at 85 before it gets into my blood system. At least that's how I look at it. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta stay on that path, Christina. There I don't I don't give over to the um oh, what am I gonna do now? You know, I just um I'm gonna take care of this. We've 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 got the science. The science in our country is amazing. There may be problems with the whole healthcare system, but when it comes to the science, uh it's pretty amazing. Mm. And I'm uh, my own uh, connection to self, uh, my balance, my the time that I spend taking care of me. um, I find that balance between the science and the medicine and and the positive spiritual connection I have with the universe, and I seem to be doing okay.
0: I I would say, you see, you you should be bouncing on a ball too, Lon.
1: (laughs) I watch you bounce and that just, that takes care of my need.
0: (laughs) So, so Lon, during, um, like during the start of this whole, all this chain of events, I mean, did you retire? Uh, Were you retired by that point?
1: I was actually retired from the university before that. I started teaching at a very young age Mm. at the university, um and so i i had many years into it and um really missed um our home out here in colorado because we left here to accept the last position i had which was on the graduate faculty at villanova university near philadelphia and um just missed the mountains and missed my life here and didn't need to be on the east coast anymore except for when i go to nih then i love the east coast uh because they're doing the work and i'm happy to fly to washington and you know take care of business
0: <laughs> now now um <laughs> i hope so now so do you have to do do you still continue your treatments with them
1: um, there won't be any... No, no. For four years, there's been no uh, treatment for the hairy cell. The um, the other little piece that we're sort of leaving out of the story is that when I went to NIH and they started treating me, um, they there was a little uh, lump that I had in my neck. Well, well the protocol says... <laughs> that you can't have any other kind of cancer and be treated for the leukemia. That's the pharmaceutical company that supports the research. So they did a biopsy of this uh, lymph node, and they did four, actually, aspirates and taking uh, cells out of the tumor, the little lump in my neck, which they thought was a cyst Actually, before I went into surgery, they said 97% chance, Lon, this is just a cyst. Well, you know, uh I seem to attract rare.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I fell into the 3% on that one. The first three aspirates were clear, and so they were able to treat me. Fortunately, they started treating me for the aerosol leukemia. Well, out of some whim, the in the uh, ENT uh, pathology, um, they decided to do one more uh, check on it and found a suspicious cell. And they took out the lymph node and they did the pathology, and squamous carcinoma was in the um, was the cell, the suspicious cell. Mm. And um, they didn't know why it was in my lymph node. They couldn't find it anywhere in my mouth or my neck. And so they yanked the tongue out of my mouth. And way on the back of my tongue at the very base of it was a tiny little tumor about half the size of your pinky fingernail. And um, I had neck cancer. So I couldn't be treated for the leukemia anymore, but I reacted to the treatment really well, and the doctor who did the surgery came in in, at the cancer hospital at the National Institutes of Health, and and I said, so what's the prognosis of this little um, squamous cell carcinoma on my tongue? How do we take care of that? And she said, well, because it's in your lymph node, it's stage four neck cancer. Hmm. And I said, Stage four neck cancer? What are you talking about? You said it's a little tiny tumor. Yeah, but when it spills into the lymph system, we it automatically goes to stage four. And I said, well, what's the prognosis of that? And she said, well, all comers, two to five years. And I looked at her, and Deborah grabbed my arm and held my arm, and I said to the doctor, she said, and do you want us to start treating you for that? I said, somebody who thinks that I have two to five years uh, is not going to treat me for anything. And I left the hospital, and I came back, and I contacted the Shaw Cancer Center in Vail, which is um, the creme de la creme of cancer treatment, really is in in Vail. And I went and met with her, and I told her the story, and she said, you know, Lon, this is uh, highly treatable. Um, and I don't know why they would have said that to you, but we're going to take care of you. And you just need to do everything I tell you to do. And I'm not going to tell you everything that's going to happen. Because if I tell you everything that's going to happen, you're not going to come back. And I said, oh, I'll be back. I'm, it's not my time. And two and a half years later, after a horrendous treatment of radiation and chemotherapy on my neck, Stomach tube feeding myself for months through a tube into my stomach because I couldn't swallow. She said to me, you know, I don't say these words very often, but we've cured you. And here I am talking to you four years after the treatment going very close to five years now. Um, No signs of the leukemia, no signs of the neck cancer. Um, I occasionally get a little something frozen (laughs) off my face, but those Miami years seem to take precedent. (laughs) Here I'm talking to you, and on a very happy path, Um, I've gone through some hell. But you remember I wrote that poem that I read on magical medical tour. I've been to hebach um and I have, but I'm happy. I'm doing my work, I'm following my bliss. I act, I direct, I meet great people i um that little teacher bug in me is still teaching. You don't have to be at a university to teach um and i'm learning and i believe in lifelong learning so for me really uh, a true scholar is knowing when to teach and when to learn and how to differentiate between those two and i've got a lot of both to do before i check check out
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's uh your your story is <laughs> absolutely amazing i mean it's it's so Wonderful to hear how you've just continually strived forward. And and
1: I wouldn't be here if I didn't.
0: You know, Lon, somewhere in your intuition when you spoke to that doctor, I mean, here you are dealing with hairy hairy cell leukemia. Mm-hmm. And they had to stop the treatment for that. So so you didn't even complete the treatment. That's correct. For that at all. And That's then correct. they had to completely switch a regimen to
1: Different doctors. I had to take care of the neck cancer because uh, whatever little immune system I had at the time, I needed to help me through the neck cancer thing. And um, I go out to NIH uh, once a year. I uh, was just out there a couple of months ago, and the um, there's all new science, new... Um, protocols. In fact, at the uh, first of the year, this coming January, they've actually approved a pill that takes care of hairy cell leukemia. And it's still a chemo therapy, but it's not IV'd and it's not all the stuff that comes with that. And someday, the hairy cell may come out of my um, marrow and find its way into my blood, and maybe not. Mm. Uh,
0: now, what about, I mean, have they mentioned anything, for example, of because uh, I've heard of bone marrow transplants. I mean, have they mentioned anything in that form?
1: I don't believe that a bone marrow transplant is in my cards giving hairy cell leukemia um it's um i don't need i don't need that path that's that's not part of this leukemia you know 30 years ago um they um all leukemias kind of looked the same in some way 30 or 40 years ago if uh, somebody had hairy cell leukemia they were treated the same way other leukemias were treated and they weren't uh happy muffins uh they Uh, They didn't make it. Mm -hmm. But the science today differentiates between all these different leukemias and they have different treatments and different drugs. And um, that's a good thing.
0: Mm. Now, out of all the treatments that you've had, it just sounds like your last treatment with the throat cancer was the most aggressive.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No question about it. Um, I had six weeks every day of radiation on my neck. I, um, I had um, third-degree burns interior and exterior. I don't have salivary glands in the lower portion of my mouth. So um, dryness is, you know, certainly uh, a problem. But dead or dryness <laughs> <laughs> so i mean i I'm always looking at the the balance, you know I mean it's so I drink water, I have water by my bed when I go to sleep, I wake up, dry, I drink water, um, I have my water bottle and my camel back when I'm hiking, and I'm uh, hydrate i mean that's a good thing, that's not a bad thing, so. I try always to look at the the bright side. Um I I laugh at stuff. I keep myself laughing about things all the time. Um laughter is probably one of the greatest healers. My doctor at the Shaw Cancer Cancer Center who took care of my neck um she said, You know, you're our poster child. You did everything we asked of you. You didn't let anything scare you. You just knew you were gonna get through it. And she said, I would love to be able to have people contact you. Do you mind? And I said, No, 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 no. That's part of what I do on this planet. <laughs> um is is to help that way and and even at NIH with the hairy cell leukemia they said the same thing can we have people contact you they need to experience this happiness this positiveness this humor the how you find humor in some of the scariest moments of your life um that's that's a big deal and I want to I want to keep that up that's why I'm excited about being able to be on your show right here in Trinity of Life and um and share with you and whoever's listening
0: Well thank you I, I, it truly is a gift and and I do believe that it's uh, when one hasn't been through the experiences that you have. I mean, I've worked with, as a body worker, I've worked with many who've been through different forms of cancer and, uh, you know, assisted them and supported them. But it's still different. I have not experienced it myself, nor do I wish to experience it myself. No, no,
1: right. You would yeah. never, wouldn't wish that on you, darling. Um, no, it's the the sad part of of it is how prevalent it is, um, and I think one of the reasons that we feel like cancer is everywhere is because we're getting smarter at detecting it, um, various forms of cancers, and people are more uh, cognizant of of looking and having um, the whatever tests, and, you know, let's find out you know, from mammograms to colonoscopies to, I mean, every kind of tests. That's um, important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: did you? Did you? Were you the the sort of person who? Um, I mean, you were physically active and you uh, f- well, but were you one that would always go for like your annual checkups and your you know the physicals and. Were you always?
1: Yeah, since I was young. I mean, I get my teeth cleaned every six months um, to uh, blood work, to a physical every year. Uh, I've always been that way. You know, always, at least in the last 40 years of 45 years of my adult life. um, I've been very physically conscious. from aerobic workout to weight bearing workout to uh, blood tests to what's that? What's that spot on my cheek? Mm. I always, I better go get it checked. I mean, I don't waste any time. One of the things that um, Glenn uh, said to me um, is that with all the tests that I have, I find out about stuff when it's really early and that's a good thing
0: <laughs> well that's why i'm I'm amazed that they didn't even see the the initial bout of cancer until you had the situations the experiences of, during that hike
1: you know for for many years um i was told that i was uh anemic and that for seriously maybe maybe 20 years before i was diagnosed with the hairy cell they don't know how hairy cell starts they they don't know what causes it it's clearly something very slow in its development and several doctors that i had you know kept saying after blood tests you have a low red blood count your white blood counts a little below normal but um it's within the normal range and your red blood count says you're a little anemic you should take iron eat more raisins um (laughs) and so then when i got when i went to nih and Dr. Kreitman looked at, you know, 30 years of reports from me. I mean, they did their background research. He said, you know, I don't think you were anemic. I think you probably had hairy cell leukemia. Nobody knew.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: They didn't know how to test for it. They didn't know. And... um
0: it would be it would be interesting to know if if they would have been able to do uh not as an aggressive treatment if they knew much earlier on
1: for the leukemia for the
0: leukemia yes
1: well um my fear is that well in some ways i think it's a good thing they didn't know because they probably would have treated me in a more general way for just leukemia instead of it being specific hairy cell leukemia, and that might have killed me mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I see so because of the time because of the time frame
1: right like, some ways it's a blessing in disguise that they thought. You know, they told me to go eat more raisins.
0: <laughs> At least it was healthy.
1: <laughs> yeah, eat raisins. Yeah, okay.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I have to share a little comment that came in from your dear friend, Dr. Woolman. Very simple. It just says, him and he. <laughs> so I, I'm assuming that uh, it's between the two of you. <laughs>
1: It's a um, it's a call to the wild of two best friends.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, so so Lon, really, your your attitude, your focus, your gift. I think in life is really your. It's how it's the joy that you bring. I mean, even as you speak about it, it's it's. Um, the the moments that you might have been caught up in in your feelings in your, the emotion of what that might be, you were able to rise to the occasion, like rise above it all, and just know inside yourself it's not my time, and I'm not going there. Done, right?
1: <laughs> no, that's that's absolutely right. Um, I'm not um, I'm not gracious about growing old. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm one of these people that just you know I I, I want to stop right here, <laughs> you know it just it frees me right. <laughs> um, no, I I want to live. I want to. Um, I have a lot more to do, and I want to keep keep that happening. I I want to direct more plays. I want to act in more plays. I want to share our cultures with other cultures of the world through uh, literature and through my art, and um, I want, I love that contemporary American theater has so many uh, protégés of mine that are really deeply immersed in the uh, theater world in, in our country. Um, that makes me proud to have them as colleagues, and I want to keep that going. I. I'm not ready to check out. I I love my life too much. I'm, so I've got to do whatever it takes to um, stay on this path.
0: Mm. Now, You also, uh, being on uh, your journey, you had wonderful supporters around you.
1: Oh, amazing. And, I mean, him and he just wrote in. That was wonderful. <laughs> um, <clears throat> you know, that... That helps a lot. That uh, Glenn uh, interpreted for me lots of things that um, I could uh, think about on uh, different terms. My brother, um, you know, he uh, he got on the computer every moment. Something new popped up and researched it and and sent me the research and. Power is knowledge, and I spent a great deal of time uh researching uh, and and finding uh what's new on the block um, from from the science point of view um, Deborah uh, as a uh, who took care of me um, wrapped my neck when it was leaking from third degree uh, burns um you know, that that was, was all, uh, important, uh, in getting through all of this. It really is, uh, a, a team thing. And, and I actually would like to, I like that science and medicine is sort of moving into that more and more and more that it's your your family and your doctors and your caretakers and uh friends and the people around you that um that see the positive uh happening and are there to nurture that um it's not if you have to go it alone it's gonna take you out. We just don't have the individual strength i don't believe to handle some of the the dark side um you need a you need the whole group to go to the dark side with you and help you uh come back
0: now now what do you say um uh to those people who they've encountered it for the first time and uh they they don't it, it's tough for some family members to wrap their minds around it as well, out of yeah. fear of loss, etc. I mean, what what word of advice can you give to those families, to those supporters?
1: You know, uh, we all go through um, a cancer, uh, bad illnesses, not just the the individual. Uh, everybody goes through it. Um, and like you said, fear of loss or, um, whatever other personal, um, reasons they have for the fears. I think that it's, uh, important for, um, for the doctors, for the patient, for the uh, family, friends, for everybody to come together and that there is a, a group protocol that, Um, I know you're, I know you're afraid. I know you're afraid, but I need you. I need you to not be afraid. I need you to help me. Let's not be afraid about this. Let's be excited about how you can help me uh, get through these bad times. And, and when you do that as a group, when you've got your doctor sitting next to you and you've got uh, other um caretakers caretakers am i saying the wrong word here that just didn't sound right to me for some reason caregiver um thank you caregivers and um and your friends and your family and and that everybody is sharing it together i would say to somebody when they find out that they are going to start a a scary dangerous path don't take that first step alone Mm. um Bring everybody that you love uh, onto your team and 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 let tell them you need them and to take the journey with you that's how they can help you
0: mm. and bring the laughter and positive outlook that you have
1: oh, <laughs> that, i mean that, that's exactly right you know it's uh, you don't need uh, sad faces you need happy faces you need um you know, you need them to bring uh, children. You need them to, we can't be afraid of this trip that um, we're all going to experience in different ways, maybe not as harshly as, as I did, um, but maybe so. And you want and need to have the happiness and the laughter and the music and the art and and everything needs to be there uh with you to to help you on this uh path mm. it just, just have to it's i don't think that it's uh you know that you can pretend that you don't need that i can do this alone i'm strong uh no no you need everybody
0: mm. yes i and um, that's uh we had a comment to say that that uh that was wonderful to know because it's so difficult as a friend looking in on what to do And, um, and what if, what if the individual lawn wasn't a positive thinker and didn't have the strength to reach out? You know, there's some cultures that you just don't, you know, it's like, this is, this is my thing. And, and it stays within the family. We don't hang our dirty laundry out there. And, you know, especially when it comes to something like this, we're going to keep it quiet. But as people find out and, uh, what, what would you suggest those individuals would do? I mean, how could they help? Without, without being asked,
1: well, I think that it's um, again, it's the the team effort needs to step in. I think that, um, Glenn, for example, uh, yesterday uh, learned of uh, a friend of ours that we've known since uh, junior high school. Um, he was actually a roommate of mine in college. Uh, emailed Glenn yesterday and said described exactly what i had in that cancer they had a swollen lymph they found this little tumor on the back of this tongue blah 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 and i said to glenn you tell larry to call me immediately um because if he sees that there is a positive outcome that can happen well then that that sets a whole different um, trip uh, ahead, and, um, and and he did call. I haven't talked to him yet, but he called. Um, I think that for somebody who doesn't know, they, the doctors, the other friends, there's somebody in their circle who has to say, you can't do this alone. We're here to help and get that ball rolling, and there are a lot of people, and sadly, there are going to be people who are alone, who get it, who are going to go through treatment. There's going to be people who can't get the treatment that I got. Um, that's sad, especially in our country. Um, so, it's, um, it's problematic on a lot of different levels, but there's got to be somebody on the team who um says call on (laughs) (laughs) i think so i don't care where the call is coming in from you know it's um what country um you you need you need you need me on your team
0: Uh, yes, I I believe that too. We need lawn on our team. <laughs> uh, but there there are so many stories that that have come through like like uh there was an individual that was told he had 6 months to live and you know that that's one thing I really despise is how they put it's almost a death sentence the minute they go oh you've got you know as as they did with you 2 to 3 years well this gentleman was told he had 6 months. And he quit his job and rented, I think, every, every comedy that he could. And that's all he did, day in and day out, was watch these very humorous shows that made him laugh and just let loose. And he just didn't want to go without that laughter back in his life after working so hard. And it yeah. turned it around. It turned his whole cancer around. Now he gives out cards that say, smile.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, no, that's, that's so important. You know, I hate the putting timeline on things like that. Um, I had a very dear friend who uh, had pancreatic cancer, which is one of the worst. And they told her she had six months to live. Well, she lived for another 10 years, traveling all over the world, um, exploring, researching, doing different um kinds of treatments that you might not be able to get here. Um, and I mean, she finally succumbed to it, but 10 years, if she had listened to them and didn't do anything, she would have been dead in six months. Yes. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. I agree with you. I agree. So yes, we are going to post your, your number everywhere. <laughs> Call on. <laughs> Now you do you do the talks with the different clinics don't you?
1: I I do. Um I you know both the Shaw and uh NIH they know that I'm um I'm more than willing to email, talk, Facebook message whatever whatever the person needs. Um I I'm happy to do that. It's what a what a wonderful thing to be able to give and do. I mean it 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 keeps it keeps filling my um spiritual need to help with that. That's something I can wrap my mind around uh spiritually. There's a lot of other things I can't, but I I can I can grab a hold of that and feel like I'm I'm doing some good. So mm.
0: Well, see, now you are uh, entertaining us on your magical stage out there in Colorado, but you are also gifting us on this ama- amazing stage of life that you've created.
1: Oh, thank you.
0: As you, you know, your story, uh, you being here <laughs> still to tell it Eight. and share it. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, it, it um, you know, when I was on the, going over the pass to Crested Butte, I thought that that was I was going to lay down right there at the top of the mountain and uh, say goodbye, and everybody would have you know sort of carried me down. They could have cremated me right there on top of the mountain; that would have been okay. But I wasn't ready.
0: <laughs> You're still not ready. We have to make a date for that King Lear at eighty-five.
1: There you go. Well, you got a little weight in store, but
0: <laughs>
1: it could happen. It could happen. I'll not do a show with us.
0: Uh, one of these days, I'll be <laughs> I'll be the bouncing ball. I'll bounce across the stage. That's my part.
1: <laughs> uh, there's probably a play with a woman on a bouncy ball going across the stage. If not, I can write it in.
0: That's me. It's typecast. Yeah. Yep.
1: <laughs> Yeah. You uh, could be one of Lear's daughters, you know, and you could just bounce your way
0: King Lear present day. Hi. Lon, is there anything that you would like to share with our audience that we might have missed out or that you would just like to say?
1: To say. Um
0: So you had a poem to end your last one.
1: I did. I did. And I I mean, um, I don't have one right now. I mean, I've had lots of new ones I've written, but none really for what this is, is about. I, I would just say that, um, you know, I, I just be positive. You know, it's, um, it's success is fear and doubt turned inside out. Um, you just need to get rid of. Rid of those kind of negative things that can keep you from um, moving forward.
0: Live life to the fullest.
1: Yeah. And you remember then. that.
0: Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I do. <laughs>
1: but- Bounce, there you go. You again. see,
0: I'm bouncing again. <laughs> That's a good thought. Thank you so much, Lon, for really Thanks gifting so. us today. And and I hope that this will we can get this out to many, many of those of you so. out there. You know, it's it's uh it's a very, you know, frightening situation when you come across it. And and uh, it's such a gift to hear individuals like you just keep that positive light shining for all of us. It's really wonderful. Thank you so uh-huh. much. Thank you. And of course, we would like to thank each and every one of you for joining us in this new platform of education and information. We're grateful for your continuous support and look forward to hearing your feedback on how we can serve you better. We invite you to join us live on Tuesdays for Magical Medical Tour at 10.30 a.m. Pacific, one thirty p.m. Eastern. Wednesdays for Trinity of Life at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. Followed every other week with Flowing into Awareness with Anatara. I'd like to remind you that you can connect with Lon Winston through his Facebook at Lon Winston or through his theater company, thunderrivertheater.com thunderrivertheater.com And again, we are always grateful for any support, feedback, suggestions that you might have. Give us a call at 818-LET'S-TALK. 818-LET'S-TALK. Until next time, namaste. YHTV's Magical Medical Tour. Come join Dr. Glenn Woolman and Christina Suzuma as they journey through the healthcare galaxy interviewing doctors, healthcare practitioners in the attempt to share ways to achieve optimal health. Join us on yogahub.tv every Tuesday at 10.30 a.m. Pacific, 1.30 p.m. Eastern. Hi, I'm Christina Suzuma Ma, founder of Yoga Hub, here with my wonderful co-host of the Magical Medical Tour, Dr. Glenn Woolman.
2: Greetings, everyone. We are honored and excited to announce that because of your support, we have been officially nominated for the ninth Annual Podcast Awards of 2013. Out of 4,400 podcast shows, we made it to the top 10 for the health and fitness category.
0: Yoga Hub's mission is to create awareness and consciousness through education and information globally. With your support, we will be able to become the number one network for health and wellness of all modalities. All this through our ever-expanding YHTV network of audio and video podcasts.
2: We invite you to view our shows that continue to bring the most current information from professionals and experts, showing the heart and wisdom of our healers, including inspirational stories and experiences from others like yourselves. And soon, we will begin workshops and training to support students and experts alike.
0: We now invite you to vote for our nominated show, Magical Medical Tour. Each individual can vote once daily, from November 1st to November 15th. Now, for those of you who might have a little more time to vote, we would be happy to send you a daily reminder by simply signing up below. Now, here's the simple steps to voting. Click on the Vote Now banner below. Scroll down the page until you see the Health and Fitness category. Within that category, look for Magical Medical Tour and select. Now scroll down a little further. Enter your name, your email address, select Listener, and over to your right, make sure to click the Submit button. Now a very important note. Some emails may require verification. Please make sure to check your inbox for an email from podcastawards.com and click on the link provided. This is in place in order to prevent companies from gaming the system. It's really all that simple.
2: It does look pretty simple, Christina. We would love to hear any feedback and any suggestions you may have, especially of how we may continue to support you and your community in search of optimal health.
0: Now, on behalf of our Dr. Glenn Woolman and the entire Yoga Hub team, we would like to thank all our experts and guests that have graced the stage and the shows and to you, our supporters, for collaborating to create this magnificent space of healing and balance. Thank you again. Namaste.